Hello and welcome to One to Grow On, a show where we dig into questions about agriculture and try to understand how food production impacts ourselves and our world. I'm Hallie Casey and I studied and currently work in agriculture. And I'm Chris Casey. I'm Hallie's dad. Each episode we pick an area of agriculture or food production that confuses a lot of people and try to get Hallie to explain it to us all. And this week we're focusing on soil. <laughs> All right. I'm so excited to talk about <laughs> soil, Dad. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I'm glad you are. I'm so uh, excited about it. <laughs> well, somebody has to be, obviously. Um, I mean, I guess it's, you know, important to growing plants because you got to put the plants in the dirt. Oh, my God. Um, I think I think a big takeaway from this episode for you is going to be like how nutty people are about soil. Like people get so into soil. It's great. It's so really? good. There's like, yeah, no, it's like, I feel like of the science fandoms, like how cuckoo scientists are for their like space in the science world. I feel like soil scientists are maybe the craziest of all of them. Like they, everyone is cuckoo for soil. Like it's great. It's so great. Why? Well, what do you know about soil? Let's start from there. I mean, I guess I don't really know a lot. You know, it's, it's, I think of it as dirt. It's the ground. Mm -hmm. You dig a hole in it, you put the seed in it and you (laughs) cover the seed back up. Uh If you want to make it better then you, you compost stuff and you mix that in. Yes. Um, you compost old food or, you know, you mix in some, some cow poop or something. Yes. Yes. Uh, you know, my mom used to drive around neighborhoods and collect old grass clippings from people. And leaves, um, a lot of leaves. And leaves, yes. Yeah, mostly leaves, actually. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. I can explain why if you want. <laughs> now, actually, I believe you that people are nutty about soil. So grandma used to collect leaves instead of grass clippings because grass clippings are actually mostly nitrogen heavy. Um, and the things that you, like, pull out of your kitchen, like banana peels and stuff like that, are all nitrogen heavy as well. But leaves are carbon heavy. And when you create a good compost pile, you have to have a balance of carbon to nitrogen. So carbon is what she needed because she already had all the nitrogen from her kitchen. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so it's like uh, finding that perfect mix. Oh, my gosh. Compost can be like a whole episode on its own. I recently did a workshop here at my job about compost, and I got really in the weeds. There was like pie charts, <laughs> ratios. It's like it gets really intense. Like, Why, why would you put compost into weeds? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that that was another that was one of my slides. You don't put weeds into compost. Hot tip for all you gardeners out there, don't put weeds in your compost. Oh, well, now you know. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about soil today. Yeah, not compost. We're talking all about right. soil. Okay. So soil, also known as the pedosphere, is is very fundamental to a lot of things, namely all life on this planet. Well, I I don't want to say all life because I guess you do have oceans. I forgot about oceans. So all of the life is not on the ocean. <laughs> I mean, is there is there there's soil at the bottom of the ocean? Um, no, there is not actually. There's oh whoa, sorry, okay, my bad. <laughs> there is dirt at the bottom of the ocean, and I guess tardigrades can live in lava, right, and space. So I'm gonna back up what I said. Not all life, a lot of life. All right. Um, soil is very important for especially human life. So we use it for a lot of things. We use it to walk on, to build houses on. Um, Very importantly, we use it almost exclusively to grow our crops on. So you do have like non-soil grown crops like hydroponics and things like this, but those are a really strong minority of the crops that we eat every day. 
mostly because they're very energy intensive. They can be very money intensive to grow compared to just growing on soil, which is already there. Okay. So it's very important, but when we think about like what it is, a lot of people don't really know because we kind of just like when you learn about it in class, you learn about like plants grow in soil and that's pretty much as deep as you get with like what soil is. But soil actually has like a physical structure that's quite complex. So I lived with a soil scientist for a long time, for like two years, and she would be very disappointed in me if I did not briefly say that dirt is different from soil. Dirt is soil once it's kind of taken out of the ecosystem. So soil has things living in it. It has a lot of complex processes. It is like an ecosystem. Dirt is basically that like hard, like solid material of soil once it's taken out, like once you track it in the kitchen. Does that make sense? So if I get soil on my face, then it's dirt? Yes, exactly. Exactly. You get dirt on your face. You don't get soil on your face. Oh, okay. But you soil your clothes. Um, yeah, but you don't have to soil your clothes But you get them dirty. Dirt. Oh, okay. my God. <laughs> um, All right. It's very, con- yes. it's, well, it's not super confusing. It's just, you know, I guess a, a distinction that never occurred to me before. Yeah, it gets, it's, I think it's a little pedantic because everyone kind of knows what you're talking about. But I'm kind of going to describe now like what soil is made of. Okay. And so I think that kind of distinction helps us when we understand like soil is alive. Soil is like a system. It is like an ecosystem. Um, hey, so Hallie. It's, it's kind of, yo. What is soil made of? Okay. Yeah, sorry. I'm rambling. <laughs> so if you think of soil, if you think of like, like a pie chart. If you have a mud pie, half <sighs> of it of all soil is pore space. So half of all soil is not solid. It's either oh, air wow. or water. Okay. Of the other 50% of soil, about 45% of that is minerals. So like broken down rocks, um, which is a really like large chunk. That's a larger chunk of what okay. soil is, which makes sense. That's what we think of when we think of soil. Um, and then the last right. 5% is what's called organic matter. So organic matter is things like compost. It can also be things like bugs or like old roots that are like rotting in the ground. It can be like, I don't know, a horse carcass. Like all of that is organic matter in the soil. Okay. Yeah. I guess that's less than I would have thought when you think about things like Yeah. And I want to clarify that like this is on average, like where I live, we're at like less than 1% okay. organic matter. Like it's very, very small because our soil is very new. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you, you, got, you got rocky soil. Yes, it is. It is primarily minerals. Um, there's also less air and water in it. Also, because there's less organic matter, there's like a relationship to how much organic matter you have and how much water and air you can have. So if you have more organic matter, you can typically have more air and water also in your soil. It's like a whole thing. Cool. Yeah. Anyway, so the um, mineral part of soil can be broken down into three categories, and those are sand, silt, and clay. Do you know those terms? I mean, I suspect you know sand and clay. Sure. And silt, I think of as just like rocks at the bottom of a riverbed. Yeah, yeah. So the way that soil scientists use those terms, sand, silt, and clay, is based on particle size. So if we think of like that 45% of soil is all minerals, is all broken down rock, what we call it varies on what size it is. So that kind of makes sense if we think of like sand, you can hold like a sand particle in your hand. It's They're like big versus if you have like a chunk of clay, it's like really dense, really tightly packed. There's really, really small particles in there. And then silt is somewhere in between. And silt is, yes, often found in the bottom of rivers. Okay, so... 
We've got half empty space. We've got a little bit of decomposing stuff. Yes. And we've got mineral particles of varying size. Correct. Yes. Okay. And so, and the the percent of which you have, so like if you have like 90% sand and 10% silt in your soil, based on that like particle dis- size distinction, that's how scientists break down like what your soil is technically called, like what kind of soil you have. So you could have a sandy soil if it's mostly sand. You could have a clay soil if it's mostly clay. That makes sense. It gets really in the weeds. Like you can have a loamy clay sand. You can have a loamy sandy clay. It's like it gets really in the weeds. Like I'm saying, like but, soil scientists love their soil. But don't put your weeds in the compost. <laughs> exactly. That's what we come back to. Don't put your weeds okay. in the compost. So soil, uh, you know, they classify it based on size, but and it can get super complicated. It can, yes. That's what you're saying. Yeah, Yeah, it can get really, really in the weeds. One of the, I actually pulled a name of a soil that I work with here at work just to like illustrate to you how, how intense soil taxonomy is. So like we often know about like animal taxonomy or plant taxonomy because that's like we have to think about that. You know, we are homo sapiens. That's within the classification of species. But there's like a whole classification for soils as well. Can I read you? It's like, it's kind of long. Can I read you the name of it? Read us the name. I can't wait. (laughs) Okay. So it's a fine loamy, mixed, superactive, mesic, ustafluventic haplocambid. So there you go. That's like describing one very small section of soil on this planet. Very thoroughly. (laughs) (laughs) Could be like the the gardener Mary Poppins, <laughs> like you know, super califragilistic whatever. Ustic haplocamphoid. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. And there's a lot of them like this, I guess. All of them, all of them. Okay. And the, all of them. And the craziest part about it is that there's three different taxonomy systems because, like, the scientists couldn't agree. So depending on oh, where boy. you are, they like have completely different words for things. It's crazy. That's worse than uh, chemistry naming. And folks, if you don't know oh, anything about chemistry naming, it's it's crazy. Is it? Oh yeah. Why is it so crazy? I don't know. Um, because you get uh big long molecules. Um, and, oh yeah. You know, Different molecules get little variations and, you know, you've got to have a standard way of naming it. Mm -hmm. And there's like the IUPAC naming system, IUPAC. I had a chemistry professor once that called it the International Union of Purely Abstract Crap. (laughs) But at least you have one consistent naming convention. It's true. It's true. (laughs) Do not have three. So, so soil, it's, there's air, there's water, there's minerals, there's organic matter, and there's also living things. Sing about the soil, then I'm singing to the world. There's a lot we ought to learn about the life in the soil. This the life we can overlook with our microbes talking there. Wow. So that was a song that my professor actually commissioned from a famous rap group in Uganda. 
commissioned. I know. Wow. I, I told you these soil scientists are wacky. They are for crazy soil. about soil. Yep. <laughs> yeah, no. It's actually a very catchy song if you listen to all of it. I tried to make a music video for it one time. Anyways. Um, yeah, so there are there are living alive things in soil and we know this because there's like beetles and worms and stuff like this. But a huge, huge chunk of what's in soil is microscopic. And they're very, very important. Um, did you ever read The Martian? Uh, yeah, the book based on the Matt Damon movie. No, incorrect. Other way okay. around. <laughs> the movie was based on the book, Dad, as almost always happens. Those crazy movie makers. <laughs> um, do you remember when he grew potatoes? Uh, yeah, I do remember that happening. Yes. So the reason why I like the book better than the movie is because in the book, Watney, Mark Watney, who is in The Martian, he has like little jars of earth soil. And these jars of earth soil, he like mixes into the Mars soil as well as in with his compost. And in the earth soil, there are microbes. And so he like grows his Mars soil by like adding in these microbes in the earth soil because otherwise the soil would be dead because... He would just have the Mars soil and there's nothing that lives in there. So this is like botanically accurate. Like you have to have microbes in a soil for it to grow because there's like all of these reactions that happen in the soil where the microbes like make nutrients more available. They can like take nutrients from the air and put them into the soil so that plants can get them. They, they do a lot of things that are very important. They can, like, help plants transfer nutrients between different plants. There's, like, literally countless ways that microbes benefit us growing crops. Like, we do not, we actually do not know all of them. Like, that's how they are countless. Like, we ha we don't know all of them. We know some of them. But they're very important. They're so cool. So we need the microbes for the plants to grow, period. Yeah, we got to have them. That's, that's why wow. Watney put the earth soil into the Mars soil. Okay. Now I got to know, is the stuff on Mars considered soil or is it just dirt? Oh my gosh, that's a great question. Um, I think it would probably Is it just a different kind of soil? Do you have to have a new taxonomy for it? Yeah, yeah. It would probably depend on who you asked. Like if you asked like an ecologist, they would probably say it was soil because it was like the, the pedosphere of Mars. But if you asked a soil scientist, they would probably say no because like you, you know, point out there's not an ecosystem in it. It's just like minerals and air. There's not really any water or organic matter or living things in it. So it would probably depend on who you ask. So wasn't Mark Watney violating the Prime Directive? What What is the Prime Directive again? That's where you can't interfere with the planet's natural development. Oh, yeah, but he didn't grow potatoes outside, Dad. It would be too cold. He grew them inside <laughs> the habitat. Star Trek reference. Jeez. <laughs> who did I raise? Which, which Star Trek? Is that from the first one? Oh, yet? my God. <laughs> I mean, you had me watch from, more from of the Star original Trek. one. It's from all of Star Trek. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's oh, like one of the driving principles of the Star Trek universe. Anyway, <laughs> we're talking about soil and Mars. That's okay. And Star Trek's totally tied in. I, I found that like pop culture is always tied in with science if you dig deep enough. Well, that's true. That's true. Uh, I mean, we're sitting here talking about the Martian right now. Exactly. Yeah. So anyways, so yeah, but back on topic. Um, soil. What is it good for? So it's especially good for walking on, living on, putting buildings on, um, growing food. However, it's also very helpful for things like water storage and water management. If you've ever like watched rainfall on like a super rocky mountain, it just like 
creates these massive like rushing rivers versus mm-hmm. if you've ever seen water fall on like a grassy prairie it just falls onto the ground and it doesn't really go anywhere it just goes into the soil because that soil can hold it and it can manage it and it can make it not run off so how is the i mean obviously it's it's storing it mm-hmm. but storing the water um how does that come back to benefit us well otherwise it would just all run into the ocean wouldn't it Oh, okay. I guess so. I never thought about it that way. And I guess it, you know, seeps down to our groundwater. Yeah, you get aquifers. And... Um, it it makes it a lot easier to grow agriculturally if you have like water that you're able to hold onto in the soil, um, versus if you'd have to like irrigate from local lakes or or whatever it is. It also it, it makes it so that. So this is the other thing about it is that if you had soil that was not able to hold the water it would get super muddy um you'd have a lot of your topsoil runoff and eventually you would like basically get the grand canyon um and i see that a lot where i live now like because the soil is so new it'll rain it'll rain it'll rain because we're in the monsoons and like you'll get these like deep fissures or like the road won't necessarily flood but like all of this topsoil will just move across the road so that it's just covered in mud because, like, there's not, like, a soil structure. There's not, like, a developed structure to hold on to that water and, like, let it percolate down. I would love another Grand Canyon. That would be oh amazing. <laughs> it would not be amazing. That would be bad. Okay. Well, speaking of water, I'm going to go take a drink real quick because my throat's kind of parched. Maybe I'll, I'll water some plants or something. Okay. Let's go do it. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode of One to Grow On. Oh, second episode. I can't believe it. It's so great. Yay! Woo! <laughs> um, if you'd like to keep this going and uh, support us, please visit patreon.com slash one to grow on pod. Yeah, we have lots of different tiers over there. Um, you can get our plant of the month club, which this month will be carrots, which is Catherine, our producer's favorite plant. Um, and we'll have fun facts about carrots and some fun history about carrots and it will also include a family recipe that we almost always have on thanksgiving oh it's the best recipe too i love (laughs) this stuff you'll also get wait what they'll get soils human waste compost extra research what yeah (laughs) i guess if if you're into that yeah So Catherine is going to be writing up some extra research that didn't make it into this episode that is about human waste compost and it being used um, for like big, large scale agricultural production. Uh, There's a really interesting story about how um, New York used to ship their human sewage waste to Colorado and that is now illegal. So tune into the Patreon for that info. You can also get yourself drawn as your favorite plant and the person who is doing that joanna today is her birthday happy birthday joanna happy birthday joanna sorry that was really squeaky but i'm just so excited it's a great birthday today and finally uh we have our first patron Lindsay. thank you very much for supporting us supporting the show uh we love you dearly and she is a 25 dollars a month patron so she's uh going to get a picture of herself as a plant before too long 
And since she is a Starfruit patron, $25 and up, you also hear her name in every single episode. And if you want to hear your name in a future episode, you can support us on Patreon. If you want to support the show, but you can't support us on Patreon, you can also share the show on Twitter, on social, tell your friends, tell your neighbors. That really does make a huge difference. So if you just tell folks that you think might like it, that would be awesome. So thanks for listening, everybody. And now back to the episode. Let's jump back in. So about soil, I mean, like you said, it's good for for stuff like building on and planting stuff and, yes. and water storage. Mm-hmm. I'm actually kind of curious about building. I mean, obviously we build buildings on soil, but I, I never really thought about that. And I remember mom used to say, you know, is that a house built on sand idea or a house built on rock idea? Yeah. Uh, when talking about your ideas, I guess that's, you know, kind of what you're talking about here. Um, how do you decide what, you know, what makes good soil and what you're going to use it for? Oh, that's a great question. That's a really good question. Um, I think it, de- so, so I'll start from agriculture cause that's what I know the best. Um, for agriculture, typically the soil that is best is soil that has highest organic matter. So you want like 5%, 8%, 10% organic matter in your soil. Um, you want to have a really solid structure. So that's like what we don't have here because it's very young. It's pretty much like just a brick with sand on top. So you want something that like you can dig into, you can work, your plants can like grow outwards and like into and the roots can push out into. And you also want a higher clay content if you can. Um, Sand just doesn't have the same nutrient exchange capacity. Um, And the clay is like pretty able to hold on to nutrients and exchange them with plants. So if you have a higher clay content, then your soil can typically be more fertile. That said, if you think about things like buildings, like houses, like industrial buildings, there are specific kinds of soils that can be better than others. So things like clays, um, you can have what's called a shrink or swell clay, um, which is basically clays are very, you have a lot of fine mineral particles. And so if you soak them in water, then that clay will like expand sometimes, not always, but sometimes it will expand. And then when it dries up, it'll like shrink down and that's if you've ever seen like soil with deep cracks in it that like looks like a barren desert that's what that is is that clay is kind of shrinking back together so those are not great because your ground will like shrink and swell as like rains come and leave um sands are also not great because sand moves around a lot it doesn't have a great structure other than that it it can really like depend on where you are and for the most part you can't really choose your soil it's like native to where you live so it's kind All right, of, so yeah. I've got two questions about what you're talking about. Okay. Um, you said nutrient exchange capacity. Yes. Uh, just real quick, that's like the the little organisms doing their thing, right? No. 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 That's not um, the organisms doing their thing. So organisms can make nutrients more available, so they can like change the form of the actual compound so that it like becomes more available to the plant or you know they they can do different things to make things more available to plants but how plants actually get nutrients for the most part is on like soil particles if you think of like one grain of sand except for sand can't really do this because it's not very reactive um there's like little stations on there that have a negative charge and so the cations that plants will take up have a charge so that they will stick to that like soil particle and then the plant can like come in and like take it up science term 
cation is a positively charged particle. There you go. Yeah. So the <laughs> the cl- the clay and the silt actually have like negatively charged stations, and so the little cations okay. can kind of just dock right in there, and then wait until a plant comes to take it up. All right. Also, you said you can't choose your soil, mm-hmm. um, but can you change the quality of the soil? Oh my gosh! Of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, that's called amending the soil. Um, and that's like what your mom did when she was like composting like crazy in the backyard. She was amending that soil because she was pretty much growing on like two inches of topsoil and then bedrock. So she was like adding a lot of compost. And by the by the time I came along, she was mostly just gardening on compost. There was not a lot of topsoil involved. But yeah, you can totally do that. And oftentimes that's very important. That's like almost crucial in the process of gardening or sometimes of farming. Typically farmers will kind of migrate towards areas that don't need as much amending like the midwest like california like florida and places because it can be quite expensive to amend soil on a large scale like if you think about like over all of the time that the midwest has been soil there's only like five percent of that is organic matter and if you're trying to add organic matter that's like a really long time (laughs) but if you're gardening you know, in your backyard, or if you have a small scale farm that's like one or two acres, it's very easy to amend your soil. And farmers will still amend soil, but it's less common uh, because it just can be very expensive. It's just hard to do on that large of a scale. Yeah, for sure. But for gardeners, gardeners, it's like, it's number one, very important uh, to do that if you're gardening. Nice. Well, I'm not much of a gardener or farmer, but I certainly think it Kind of, I wanted to say, I th- certainly think about dirt a lot more differently now. Yeah. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not just dirt. Yeah, no, it's not. And that's kind of like over the 20th century, like into the 21st century, that has also kind of happened where for the most part, like we as Americans and a lot of other places as well thought about soil as dirt. Um, and that's what led to eventually the Dust Bowl. We saw our land is like very transactional, like you plant the plants, they grow, and then you like can reap the rewards of that. And it wasn't really something that you had to maintain to like keep up and grow and improve. Um, And then the Dust Bowl happened where like we had these poor farming practices for a really long time where we were really stripping out the organic matter. We were degrading the structure of the soil. Um... And what ended up happening was all this topsoil lost its structure. And so it was able to like rise up and blow around. Um, And so that's why we got the Dust Bowl. And and over the 20th century, we kind of learned a lot more about what soil actually is, why the Dust Bowl happened and how to prevent it in the future. And now soil is something that pretty much every farmer in the U.S. and most other places as well, it's something they really think of as their primary asset. Because that's really what they have. They have, like, the land. And that's what the soil is. Like, that's what they're using to create their livelihood. And so they're really focusing on improving that to the best of their ability. So it's gone from just, uh, I don't know, here's just where we plant our crops to this is what nourishes our crops and we need to take care of it. Yeah. I mean, it's not just what nourishes our crops. It's what, like, provides an anchor for our crops to grow upwards it's like what provides water to our crops. It's like it's pretty much everything. It, it's like hand in hand with the ability to grow crops. So, is there anything I should I should do differently tomorrow? Uh, anyway, I should treat my yard differently. 
You should compost. Um, you should compost. Should, compost. Please compost. <laughs> I Old food is so stinky. It's not stinky. It's not stinky if you get leaves in there. You know what's making it stinky? All that nitrogen. You got to get some carbon yeah. in there. That's why there's pie charts. That's why there's ratios. No, but for real, like composting is can be so helpful. Um, when our food goes into the landfill, it produces a gas called methane. If you know anything about climate change, methane is very bad for climate change. It heats up our planet a lot more than carbon dioxide does. I think it's eight times as much as carbon dioxide uh, per pound, but I could be wrong about that number. But it's something like that. It's like really, really a lot worse for the atmosphere. And if you compost your food, then that carbon that would have created CH4 or methane is instead just going to like go back into your soil. And we're going to what's called like fix the carbon into the soil, which is a huge, huge thing and a huge strategy in fighting climate change is like fixing the carbon back in the soil because that's where it was originally. And that's. And then what do I do with the... What do I do with the compost? Just like spread it around the yard? Yeah, you put it on your soil and then it's organic matter in your soil and your grass will grow better and you'll have like less methane in the air. And it's just all around, all around a good time, all around a good time. Compost your food. All right. Well, kids, I hope you learned something about soil. I know I did. I am so glad that you did. I love soil so much. (laughs) You are you one of those crazy soil people? I think that's the theme for the day crazy soil people yeah probably i am <laughs> <laughs> and i guess that's part of what you're trying to do is is uh like where you're working what you're working on is help people manage their soil better so they can grow stuff yeah yeah and i i haven't really touched on social justice that much this episode but like there is a social aspect to soil so like i mentioned before like soil is basically the core of what makes a land fundamentally productive, like whether or not you can grow plants on it. And I currently work on a reservation and a lot of reservation land was kind of cordoned off as the unproductive land. And that is like what was allocated to Native Americans. Similar things happen to um, African Americans, to black folks, especially during like Reconstruction, where the state or um, wealthy landowners had to allocate land um, either to be owned or to be sharecropped by um, black folks. And they were often given very unproductive land. And I like want to recognize that soil is the key to like fundamentally when you get down to it. It can be like the key to being prosperous and it can be like the key to your ability to create livelihood and to support your own life and your family's life. And so allocation of land and like more or less productive soil can also for sure, for sure be a way to oppress people as almost everything can be a way to oppress people. Any Anytime you have a, a power structure there and a resource, there's going to be a way to oppress people for sure. Definitely. I think that's a great, yep. that's a great and sad thing to end our episode on. A great perspective on soil is that, you know, oh, it let's is not end on sad, crazy soil people, crazy soil people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think, I think it's important to end with like a little bit of perspective. Like the science is yeah. fascinating. I really enjoy it. I think, it can be an amazing tool, but like it's always important to think about these kinds of things with like a sociological lens and an economic lens and like who is having the power behind this really important resource and 
Like, when you get down to it, like, this shared resource. Like, our planet is a shared resource that certain people are profiting off of. I don't want to get too into it, but, yeah. Anyways, crazy soil people. (laughs) Crazy soil people. Thanks for listening to this episode of One to Grow On. If you would like to support the show, you can rate and review us on iTunes or consider donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash one to grow on pod. If you'd like to connect with us, find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or at our website at onetogrowonpod.com. This show is hosted by me, Hallie Casey, and Chris Casey. It's produced by Catherine RJ and Hallie Casey. Our music is Something Elated by Broke for Free, and our show art is by Mariah Coley. Soil is a Living Thing was performed by Sky Echo and courtesy of Kate Scout. Be sure to check out the next episode in two weeks. Until then, keep on growing. Bye, everybody.